Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. I know we have no football this weekend, but it doesn't mean we don't uh, and can't look ahead to the Super Bowl the following Sunday. Props are already up, and Kyle Soppy with Pro Football Network and PFNBetting.com is here to help us sort through some early looks and early leans. It's Bob and Kayla. Kyle, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm trying to reconcile what I'm going to do this weekend with no football. I guess you've got the Pro Bowl and things like that, but I am looking forward to this Super Bowl. we got two great teams, two great quarterbacks, nothing not to like. Absolutely. Before we get into some early looks at the Super Bowl, I did want to take uh, a minute to ask you and look back on the season here. Did anything stand out to you? Any trends stand out over the course of the season that kind of remained consistent or anything jump out to you that changed throughout the season? I think it was a little bit surprising the way some of these great teams had just unexplainable lapses for two, three, four weeks at a time here. We saw it with the Ravens. We saw it with the 49ers. We've obviously seen it with the Chiefs. The Dolphins went through their sort of thing. So I think in this era where there's so much talent, so widespread, and the versatility at the quarterback position that encourages variance is that no team is going to be bulletproof right now. I mean, the Ravens were as close to that. As we saw, they fell apart at the worst possible time. The two teams playing in the Super Bowl had months or weeks at the very least, if not a month at a time where we thought, you know, their time had kind of come and gone. So I'm looking at next season from a macro standpoint instead of the micro and getting too caught up in game to game and looking more month by month and, and just kind of seeing the season as a whole as opposed to a bunch of individual weeks. I think that's a good way to go about things for sure. Uh, my first up, my apologies. I don't have that much to offer today. One week before the game, I needed to rest my brain for a few days for football. I promise I'll bring it next week. But a couple things that definitely catch my, you know, I'm curious about. I've actually been betting sports since the 1970s, uh, late 70s. I understand the value of uh, early line betting. How much do these prop bet prices change uh, with the Super Bowl props? It's funny you say that, and line shopping and early bets and all that stuff is a great way to attack the Super Bowl. It's, it's a little less fun because, like you said, there's a week off, people aren't thinking about it, then you get to Wednesday of the Super Bowl week and everybody wants to pile on. So there is some movement, not as much. It, these prop bets, when it comes to player props, I mean, you're talking a couple of yards make a big difference here. Brock Purdy's passing number has already gone up. It's already come back. Isaiah Pacheco's rushing yards has kind of been steady. So you look at things like that. I prefer to get out in front of it, but the Super Bowl is such a casually bet thing that I'm not even sure the line movement is as sharp as it would be in week seven of the regular season because you're talking a bunch of new money that isn't the sharpest. And I don't think books are too willing to react and move their numbers too early in the process. Once we, By the time next week hits, I think these lines are going to be pretty stable. You'll know the markets you're getting into. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Let's start here with Super Bowl MVP. I think this is kind of funny because uh, right now the 49ers are favored by uh, two and a half, but MVP odds are Patrick Mahomes at plus 135, Brock Purdy at plus 200. It's kind of become this offensive award and especially a quarterback award as well. Christian McCaffrey plus 450, Travis Kelsey 17 to 1. Is Super Bowl MVP now become a an award that you just stay away from? 
It is for me personally. If you were going to go that route, I guess you could say Mahomes instead of betting the Chiefs on the money line because the the two right. seem pretty correlated and you're getting another 20 cents of value. If you mm-hmm. want to go that way, it's hard to see the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl without Mahomes getting the trophy at the end. But then you've got the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift narrative, and there's a lot of things to challenge there. I don't typically bet this way, but if I was going to go that route at all, it would be on Mahomes instead of the Chiefs money line. Yeah, game script, uh, game script, he tried to say. Uh, at least for me, it has plenty to do with prop betting. Uh, I heard on uh, Thursday that uh, a team rushing prop, or excuse me, a team, uh, the team that has the most first downs, there's a prop out there for that. I would assume that if somebody believes the 49ers are going to win, that they would uh, likely have them with the most rushing first downs. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, and that's the thing, there's so many of those kind of one-off props that we wouldn't get on a normal basis. I tend to agree with you on the premise there. I think that I kind of think the 49ers are probably the better bet in that regardless, unless you think the Chiefs just blow them out, but more of a dink and dunk short hitting offense. Not that the Chiefs are explosive these days, but the Chiefs are more likely to hit one over the top with the Marquez Valdez Stantling or something along those lines. Whereas the, the 49ers, we know Debo Samuel uses a running back slash flex weapon, whatever you want to call him. George Kittle, great at moving the chains, and obviously Christian McCaffrey is there as well. Brendan Ayuk stretches the field to a degree, but he's probably going to get shadow coverage. So you're looking at Brock Purdy, a more conservative offense, which is where I would go if I was targeting the first down market. I lean the 49ers, especially if you think they're going to win the game. You talked about how there's a whole lot more props out here that we would never get week to week in the regular season. And one of those things is, you know, how, when are points going to be scored? Sometimes things tend to get off to a slow start in the Super Bowl. That also kind of leads into some of the prevailing thoughts about unders in the first uh, halves, et cetera, here with all the hype. Teams maybe not wanting to make that big mistake early and have it snowball. Points scored in the first three minutes of the game, yes, is sitting at plus 680. The first five minutes of the game, yes, is sitting at plus 198. First six minutes of the game, yes, at plus 108. Do you like taking any action on these sorts of props, and and what do you think might happen game script-wise? Yeah, you're all over it. Teams generally don't want to mess up in the early going. They get aggressive as the game goes on. Kansas City's been a great team with second-half unders, but I think you're right here that a slow start is very possible. No points in the first six minutes. Cashing six of the last seven Super Bowls. It's cashing 15 to 20 Chiefs games this season, including eight of the last nine and three of the last four for the 49ers. So you get that at-plus money. I realize it's not too fun to sit down on your couch with all your friends, all the snacks and everything, and say, I don't want any points. No excitement in these first six minutes, which end up being, you know, like 37 minutes of real time. It's not the most exciting bet, but it is plus money. It is where my money will be in the first quarter. For somebody that's betting unders for the last you know, 40 years of my life on a more frequent basis than betting a game over, I totally understand that theory. So I, I, you know, I, I get the, you know, you have to sit there and you know, wait, and it's aggravating sometimes, but I think it's, uh, for me, it's been a better percentage play historically. Uh, speaking of historically, uh, first TD score, uh, going back to my days when I lived in Las Vegas and when I, when, uh, after I moved to Las Vegas from to Chicago for a while, I used to go back to Vegas for the Super Bowl every year. I remember an Imperial Palace, you're a, you're a Packers fan, Kyle, but back in the 90s, the Packers were in the Super Bowl. 
And I remember Mike Mark Chamura was a guy that was tight end for them. Oh my they were playing the Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos were awful defending tight ends. So I bet Chamura at eighteen to one at the Imperial Palace to win uh, to get the first touchdown or get a touchdown, actually a touchdown. And he got it, and uh, that hit, and uh, just basically drank the rest of the game. Didn't pay much attention to the rest of the game. So it was just a celebration <laughs> thing. I know it'd be a long shot, uh, but is there anything similar to you know, a, a guy that could score a touchdown in the in the Super Bowl that you know, would uh, bring us a nice profit? I don't know about eighteen to one was kind of an inflated number. That was just one casino, and yeah, I don't know how much the volume was and so forth. But you can. That, that, that's my irrational uh, you know, thought process here. Is there somebody that would maybe that could score a touchdown would be a high price? I mean, there's a lot of chalk here. We've got a lot of star power here. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's going up at minus 225 to score. He's the favorite to score the first touchdown at plus 340. Even that's not really getting my blood boiling in this spot. If you want a long shot, you want something to root for, Brock Purdy. I mean, we saw him running – like nothing we yeah. saw last week, and you can't think that that kind of regresses with all the chips and all the legacy and everything on the line this week. He's 28-1 to 1 to score the first touchdown. That, that might be a little aggressive, but he's over 5-1 to 1 to score at all. If, he's gonna, if they're going to get close, obviously the Chiefs are going to buckle up on Christian McCaffrey and his 20-plus touchdowns. Rasheed Rice, everybody knows about him. Travis Kelsey isn't sneaking up on anybody on the Chiefs' side either. So if you look at Brock Purdy, Understanding that the Chiefs create pressure at the second highest rate in the entire NFL, if he's if this mobility that we saw from him last week is at least sustainable for another week, I could see him getting in there. You probably don't get it through the sneak, but a little four-yard run if he's feeling the heat and can't get anybody open. I, I, there's worse ways to spend a couple of bucks than 28 to one to score the first touchdown. Well, let's stick there with Brock Purdy here. And we did see his legs on display. And, and uh, honestly, that was helping them win that game. Uh, how about Brock Purdy, though? It's just sitting at 11 and a half rushing yards. And if you wanted to not uh, get into any sort of if you think the 49ers are going to win and any sort of taking knees late in the end of the game, if you wanted to go with his longest rush prop at over under seven and a half, uh, do you think that that's worth a look? I get the angle, and I very much appreciate not wanting to get out in front of the knees thing. I can't imagine a worse way to spend a Super Bowl Sunday night than sweating out knees and hoping it doesn't happen. So I'm with you and not going to the yardage total. I'm not that intrigued in going the over just because this is kind of the first time we saw it. I mean, he had the five carries for 48 yards last week, but that's basically more than he had in the final two months of the regular season. He hasn't been hitting seven very often at all. He hit it a couple of times during the regular season. He can do it. This high-pressure rate, like I said earlier, it, you, can, I, you can look sideways and get there. You can squint hard enough. You can see it. But I think there's better coin flip player props to target than Brock Purdy on the ground. Okay. This is probably not a better player prop either. This is a crazy question. Going back to my history again, I did a show every night at the Bally's Sportsbook in Las Vegas in the early 90s. Uh, a regular listener in that show actually bought me a who wins the coin toss ticket. Uh, I'm curious, uh, does that prop bet even exist anymore? It does, but I think you're kind of crazy. If you're watching this, if you're watching the Super Bowl with anybody, flip a coin with your buddy. It's juice free. That way you get a free 10 bucks or whatever. And there's no juice <laughs> taken out of it. You could go, you could say tails never fails. If you want to play that narrative, put it in on a sports book and, you know, give them, allow them to build a, taller building somewhere else be my guest i'm not gonna 
I'm not going to do it, but if you need a pick from me, I will say tails. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, just a bit for the record, I don't even remember whether I cashed that ticket or not. I just remember somebody bought me the <laughs> ticket. I thought it was the craziest thing of all time. Somebody just bought me a ticket for a coin toss to win the Super Bowl. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. I haven't seen his number yet for longest reception, but I'm going down this crazy train here. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He is the deep threat for the Chiefs. Uh, we saw him make a couple of catches in that Bills game and the Chiefs game and to seal and ice the game. They went deep there. Uh, they found him an opportunity there. So what do we think about those sorts of small opportunities. So really kind of isolating there in the longest reception prop. If you're going to go that direction, the long longest reception in the Super Bowl right now, you can get MVS at 10 to one on DraftKings. I don't mind the idea behind that. If you're going to bet him, if you're pro Valdez Scantling in a game like this, you might as well bet him to have the longest reception because any catch he has is more than likely going to be a big play to some degree. And I'm not out here trying to root for MVS to have a couple of catches throughout the game. I want him to hit the big play because that's what he's there for, right? I mean, he ended the game last week with the big play. That's how they're going to do this. And maybe Kansas City's playing from behind and they got to take some shots deep and things like that. You can tell yourself the story to get to 10 to 1. It's not a play I'm necessarily looking to play, but in the longest reception of the game market, he's definitely the name that sticks out. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. All right, so is anything else that you are initially leaning toward as we still have yet another conversation to go next Friday? I'm, I'm in on Isaiah Pacheco right now. I mean, I've got his over on rushing yards at 66 and a half and as long as Kerry gaining over 15 and a half yards. The 49ers 30th this season in rush EPA. Pacheco's got at least 15 carries in eight of his last nine games. And we've seen it this year. We saw it last year. The man gets harder to tackle as the season wears on. Like, that's not rocket science here. He runs as hard as anybody in the league, and the 49ers have struggled to contain the run. If this game's close, they stay committed to the, game, to the run game throughout. So I'm loading up on Pacheco rushing over. That is uh, a great idea. I concur on that one. <laughs> And we will uh, leave it there, and we will talk to you next Friday as uh, we'll officially be set for the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Try to have some fun this weekend with no football, and we'll talk to you next Friday. Hey, there's plenty of basketball to be played. I'm not too worried. I'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you. That's Kyle Soppy there, Pro Football Network and PFNBetting.com.